Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Drogheda, the Renault Dealer of the Year and most Google-reviewed dealership in Ireland. For award-winning customer service you can trust, visit us today. Blackstone Motors, drive with peace of mind. 041 you're very welcome to Wednesday afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Well, the dust has settled after the budget and as is our want uh, after Budget Day on Late Lunch. Every year she's joined us to give us the laywoman's or layman's view on what transpired. I'm delighted to welcome back to Late Lunch again this afternoon to dissect with us Gail McAvoy from McAvoy Craig. Gail, it's really good to see you again. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you very much for joining us on the show today. So look, just in a a general sense, what what do you make of this budget? It's not really exciting, is it? It's not. I'd heard some of the newspapers comment on it as being one of the most boring budgets compared to some of them. It is very boring in the sense that there's not much to bite on at all in it, you know. Um, There's been a few winners, a few losers. They gave with one hand and are probably taking it away with another and there's nothing to get really excited about. So for anybody listening today, will we be up or down? Do you think overall when you take of what they gave and the taxes they increased, how will we fare? Well, you will be up um, and nearly everybody is going to be affected because they've they've looked at the the taxation of workers. They've increased um, all the social welfare by five euro. So overall, you're going to be up. But if you go to spend that money um, in the hairdressers, in a restaurant, in a cinema, or in a museum, which is a bit strange, uh, it's going to be taken right back off you because they've upped the VAT rate yeah, there. Yeah. So yeah. you're going to give back with the other hand yeah. after receiving a little. It reminded me of movies in the deck chairs you know what I mean that's what I mean yeah there was no there doesn't appear to be any real impact in any of the sectors and I know that um, the carbon tax was a big disappointment for the environmentalists and I can Mm. see exactly where they're coming from and as well as the timing was very poor for the government because that report was just out and it it does make us look uh, very very as though we're not attending to that issue yes you know um, so that that was a big one and the tourism I mean we we really only are getting back on our feet Um, I know the big the larger hotel chains, maybe there is justification there, but the smaller run businesses, I mean, the, your your local pub or restaurant or smaller hotel really struggles to make ends meet purely because of the cost of wages. So mm. this type of an impact having to put their prices up is going to be a big disappointment. So the impact will be felt there. Let's at a, at a headline level talk about some of the winners and losers before we actually drill down into it. So winners on social welfare, you mentioned there, what's yeah. the bottom line there? Weekly payments going up by? By five euro. Now, and the Christmas not March. Uh, and, oh, oh my God, don't tell me that. Next yeah, March. Next March. So yeah, they do it yeah. now and they don't give it for, for six the months. The Christmas bonus. The Christmas bonus has been reinstated in full. I, can, I actually don't know what it was at, but it's right back up to the 100%. So everybody will get that. Now, if you're earning a wage, what about low to middle income earners, which most people are sitting in that bracket? 
Yeah, well, the tax band, which the the, the band that um, you get taxed at at 20% before you hit the 40% is been increased by 750 euro. Okay, so that that's good. It's going mm. from 34,550 to 35,300. So your first 35,000 is 300 is now taxed at 20%. Okay, so that's good. That's into your hand. But once you go over that, you're into you're the into, higher you tax are. band. Yeah, and you, you know, I was listening to somebody, I don't know where yesterday, talking about this, and they compared us to other countries. Well, the high tax band it actually applies to people who earn, you know, a high amount of money every, yeah. but then they really hammer them with tax. Yeah. Yeah. But really in Ireland, 35,000 plus is now being considered no. high that, 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 earners. Yeah, I mean, depending on the size of your family or what you have to support, yeah. um, that, that that could actually leave you in the poverty line. And if you bring housing into it, yes. being able to afford your accommodation, that 35,000 doesn't go anywhere. My God almighty. No. It's something that really does need to be looked at. Wealth, yeah. the, 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 the line that you draw on the sand where wages are really high and you do apply that yeah. huge level of tax and below that, my God, people need help. The higher level certainly is being hit too early. Yes. You know, Absolutely. It really is, yeah. I think that's something that should be looked at 35 yeah. is far too low there are you listening minister uh, new parents yes they're going to do a little better they're, they are in the sense that they're going to get um, an extra two weeks each um, uh, annual leave but only in the first the, the child's first year okay. so it only applies to very new parents so that's a month actually for yeah. a family if you break up the two and two and they take it separately that's as right. well to look after yeah. the child so there's a little bit of a bonus that there. is a little bit of a bonus um, and if you're a family where one of the parents stays home the home carer tax credit has gone up by 300 euro no change in the corporation tax no, 12% remains which is good news on the whole yeah. what about you mentioned homes and uh, you know mortgages there for people looking for uh, homes at the moment. Is there anything in this budget for them? Uh, for, for somebody looking for homes, there's a few initiatives out there anyway for, for um, first-time buyers. Okay, not necessarily if, you're, if, you, if you fall into another category. Mm. All right, there already are. And they have, um, they're launching um, a new programme where there will be more um, affordable housing. Okay, I think 6,000 or something like yes, that is coming in. that is the figure. Uh, which is uh, very good. It just doesn't say when. So that, that sometimes can be, it, mm. it could, can be a couple of years before that comes to fruition. And I've heard reports over the last number of months where promises have been made, but it's taken so long to deliver on these promises in the housing sector okay. that this is what causes the problem. So what's the thresholds there? Um, right. So um, if in terms you, to of be income. eligible, right. Yeah. As a single person, it's 50 Thousand. If you earn under fifty thousand, you're eligible to okay. put yourself down for these. And as a couple, it's seventy five thousand, which seems a little unfair. Mm. I, I would have thought that as a couple, it would have gone up to the hundred thousand. But Just it double doesn't. the single. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't, uh, it doesn't make sense actually. But um, so you can apply, apply for these six thousand homes again. When are we going to see them? That probably would be the big, the, my first yes. question on that. Yeah, yeah, because they don't uh, just pop up like mushrooms overnight. They don't. Um, with planning and all of that sort of stuff. Now they're also. Um, uh, putting aside 1.25 billion which it, it sounds a lot of money when we're sitting here but not if you're trying to build houses for the for 10,000 new social housing so that that it, that that caters for that sector mm. people who are on that list and again you're just talking about 10,000 homes when will they come online that's the, the I, th- th- that is the mm, big question it there is. it's all good news there okay mm. but when will we see it Time could it be frame. 3 to 5 years yes and you know? that is being questioned yeah. for sure now if you have to get a prescription 
Yes. You're yes, a winner indeed. in this budget, yes? Yes, you are. Uh, there's a 50 cent reduction in prescription charges uh, for all medical card holders over the age of 70. Yeah, so you pay one fifty now, is yeah, it? Euro 50 right. instead of 2 euro. Yeah, okay. So that's good. Yeah. Uh, there's a 25 euro increase in the weekly income threshold for the GP visit card, which is very good. Mm. Okay, that, that allows more people into that net. Um, and there is 84 million going to be provided for mental health services, which I do think that there's been a lot of calls for that. And I think today is World Mental Health Day, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, so that was appropriate yeah. for them. Uh, so that would be very good. Yeah. It, there's, it hasn't been um, a huge amount of money, though, into the health service or any other big initiatives. They're mm. giving you a little bit more on these smaller ones, and I didn't mention it, but there's a 10 euro reduction in the month- monthly drugs payment scheme threshold from 134 to 124. So everybody will feed that if, mm. they, if they're expending that much of the drugs. Okay. But uh, there was no big grabber there that, look, this is what we're going to do about the current health service mm. issue, you know, with people on trolleys and things like that. Back to housing, where they're trying to keep the private landlord in the game, because yes. so many have been leaving, because it's actually just not worthwhile at no. this stage. No. What have they done there? There is a, a small incentive. Yeah, there's a small incentive. Now, th- this it probably should never have been reduced. At the moment, um, landlords can only claim 75% of the interest they pay on their the, the, the property that they're renting out. Um, now, they from January, they'll be able to claim uh, 100%. So, so if you're a landlord, a landlady or wherever at the moment, and you're in the game, this will apply to you? Yes, You'll absolutely. have 100% that the yeah. interest you pay on the loan, you'll be able to claim back on yeah. that. So that, if you're a landlord... And there's, let's face it, uh, there's a lot of accidental landlords out there. People Houses. that can't get out of the situation yeah. they're in. And really, if they had half a chance to get rid of the property, they would certainly do yes, it. Yes, be gone. And particularly from the, the side, from the point of view of the rights that tenants also now have. Mm. So they're, 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 it's coming at them at all angles. So for those people who've been really struggling over the last number of years, trying to keep the bank, the tenants and everybody happy, their tax bill will be a little less. Now, the old faithfuls, there are winners and losers. Fuel. There's no increase in excise duty on fuel. No. It stayed the same. Yeah. There was a lot of talk that they'd equalise diesel and petrol. You know the way the differential is there at the moment, bringing diesel up on a par with petrol, and they could have done that with an excise tax, but they've steered away from that. They have, and and I don't know if they would have come come under huge fire if they had done that. People were expecting it. So I think it was a missed opportunity from their point of view. Mm. But So there's nothing been done on that at all. So that stays the same. There is a 1% surcharge on the VRT for diesel vehicles from January but you know that's anyway it's, it's, it's not a big enough step and I think the environmentalists mm. will certainly have yeah, uh, that, reasons that's to be annoyed I'm sure people driving that. diesel cars Gail who are travelling yeah. journeys are delighted they're waving today that, that it is staying the same for them alcohol Alcohol is fine. They haven't touched it. Okay, no, no change no, there no change either there. at all. Cigarettes, there it's been increased by fifty cent. A lot of people saying that they should have been more. I don't know if you're a yeah. smoker, maybe uh, fifty mm. cent is a significant. It is because it's been hit consistently there. So you're a loser yeah. in this budget if you smoke and you yeah. buy your cigarettes. A fifty cent increase there. You know, there's yeah. a big health argument there. People are calling for a lot That's more. Right. Yeah, they uh, are. You know, uh, excise duty on cigarettes. We mentioned the hospital. Hospitality, the, the increase there at the 13.5% and the diesel car drivers as well. I want to take a short break on late lunch. If you'd like to put a question to Gail, you're quite welcome to do so this afternoon. 086 658 by WhatsApp or text. So you can call in now on 1850-715-958. Gail McAvoy is with us digesting uh, the budget. Uh, the universal social charge was something we didn't mention. There's a change there. 
Yes, there is indeed. The third rate of the universal social charge is going to decrease from 4.75 to 4.5. Again, that's um, aimed at middle income earners. Mm. OK, um, if you can call it that, some people would argue they are lower income earners. But yeah, so the, the, the threshold for four is going from 4.75 to um 4.5 and that would be from the threshold between 19,000 and 70,000. Okay, so there's a small benefit there if you're there in that. You, so you will ca- get that. You bracket, feel that you're going to get that as yeah. well. Um, the ca- home carers. Yeah, so if, if one of the um, one of the spouses or one of the partners stays at home and looks after children, incapacitated child, they will receive an increase of €300 Euro per year. Okay. So that's good. It's very welcome. Yeah, yeah. most yeah. welcome to a wonderful yeah. uh, sector of society that carry an awful lot, yeah. you know, for the main health service yeah. that this happens in the home as well. And for self-employed, there's a little... Yes, little we've been gradually been... Mm. I mean, we argued years ago that the self-employed people were penalised as against PAYE workers. And that 1650 credit that the PAYE workers are entitled to, we're gradually getting there. Okay. There's another €200 Euro has been added on Okay, so they're moving in that, they are, that direction they, all the they're time. They're talking about getting to Paris. So yeah, OK. Great. And uh, of course, recently they announced that the self-employed would have access to social welfare payments right. in circumstances on a case by case basis. Yeah. So it's the wheel is certainly t- turning yeah. there. One parent families. Yes. So uh, w- there is going to be an earnings disregard um, increase for one parent family payment. So to qualify for the one parent family payment, that's going up. It didn't say how much. So mm. th- th- that detail will follow through. So so anybody on that, that benefit will be delighted with that because it may allow them earn a little bit more outside. OK. Okay, good news there. And, and it's similarly for uh, the working family payment, um, that maintenance disregard is, is going to be inc- introduced. So okay. that again, that, th- there is going to be a section of the community that probably need that, that are going to benefit Absolutely. from Absolutely. Just back to VAT again, uh, yeah. the, and, and particular to the business we're in here ourselves, yes. uh, the news uh, and, and media. For, for newspapers, good news. Yeah, they're not they're, they're not like everybody else in the, that's um, been put back on the 13.5%. They're retaining the 9%. Rates um, for newspapers, and then there's a reduction in the 23% rate that exists at the moment for electronic publications. That's going down to nine. To nine as well. So it's to encourage, obviously, the electronic publications. But also, I know the newspaper industries um, really do struggle with, with print at the moment. Everybody's reading online, so yeah. that that will make their advertising. So cheaper. fly out and get your papers, especially your weekends Absolutely. and uh, your local papers as well. Support them, and uh, nothing going up there, and the attack. Uh, increase. 9% is another figure that applies to sporting facilities. Yes. What, what do so they that, mean by this, that would be That would be an event held by sporting, your local GAA club or whatever. That's go, The VAT rate in that will be 9% as opposed to going up to the 13 and a half. Okay, so you pay, when people come in and pay into a big sporting that's game it. and that, that's VAT liable there and that stays at, at 9%. 9% yeah. Now, capital acquisitions tax, if you're uh, passing on you know, property or whatever or, to your yeah, children. Inheritance or gifts. Or inheritance, the yeah. threshold is going from 310 to 320 so 10,000 not a huge amount but it's going in the right direction mm. and that's from parents to children I should have specified Okay that. let's talk about business and uh, SMEs and um, across the board for, for a moment the employer's PRSI is increasing by yeah. now a small amount 0.1% it's yeah. tiny, isn't it's it? It's tiny. And but it that, is an increase. And it is an increase. And you can see directly that they're investing more in training 
Okay, mm. so that that that's where that's going. It's okay. going it straight over. Okay, to so there's a so small that, increase uh, for absolutely. employers there. Now here's one that you'd have to be a little suspicious about yeah. this exit tax and its yeah. timing and implementation. Tell yeah. me about this. Well, this um, it's an exit tax for companies, and these would be large multinationals mm. or very large co- companies that would be um, resident here for tax purposes. That if they um, move their assets from Ireland and move them abroad anywhere else, uh, they're going to pay an exit tax of 12.5%. And probably the the suspicion uh, arises where it's effective from, it's now effective, it was effective from midnight. Immediately. Which, immediately, which was very unusual. Most of the, the breaks, with the exception of the cigarettes and, and usually any alcohol or uh, fuel, is usually from midnight. But this particular exit tax is from midnight. Now, the thinking behind it is that um, over the coming years, we're going to have to comply with EU regulations on all of that. And we're just getting ourselves, um, you know, up to standard. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. But from midnight, I, I, th- my um, ears pricked when I heard that, yeah, that it was, I wonder, do they have some information on the companies? OK, yeah. so that's one to watch there. Minimum wage, we better not ignore that. It's increasing again, yeah. slightly. Yeah, it's only increasing a small amount. It's from 9.55 to 9.80. Um, employers who are paying people at that rate, and it, and it's usually the tourism sector, isn't it? Mm. Um, they're going to feel that. Okay. okay, and then they're going to be putting their prices up as well. So, um, but it, I mean, the nine eighty as a minimum wage is not a high wage either. No, no. It's, it certainly isn't. Uh, Brexit. They are preparing for this. There's been provision made. Yeah, there's provision of one hundred and ten million for Brexit measures across a number of departments. No real detail in that, and sixty million in current and capital Brexit related supports will be um, is going to the farming sector. So there is money being put aside for Brexit there. So the. Pre- Preparing. Now, if you're a betting woman or man, yes, will indeed. you be paying more? You will. Yeah, it's going from 1% to 2%. So it's not going to kill you yeah. um, because it's only a 1% increase. But it will have an effect on the betting industry. And I, I had heard some reports coming up to the budget where they thought that um, that increase was actually going to be more than that. And they were you know, saying that, that it will cause um, companies that are resident here to, to relocate elsewhere and all mm. that sort of stuff. So they are not welcoming it, but it's not as bad, I think, as anticipated. Back to health, a uh, huge budget in, in, yeah. in the yeah. health sphere isn't it really yeah. it's it's eating up an awful lot of, of the uh, revenues generated from tax in the year an additional 1.2 billion into yeah. health unbelievable isn't mm. it yeah. and, and still Gail and still you go down to the hospital this evening yeah. or whatever and people are out the door yeah. and chairs and we just yeah. don't seem to be it, we, we can't feel it at the level when you go into the hospital no. now the care is phenomenal yes, when they're in there but they absolutely. just don't have the resources to manage um, and cope with what they're, what they're facing with every single day. Uh, just moving along before we finish up, education are yeah, doing well, yes? They are doing well and they probably say not well enough, of course, but um, they did get something, all right? Um, there's going to be an additional 1,300 posts in schools from 2019, which is super, and an additional 950 special needs assistants to be recruited. And I know that the capitation has gone up, I think it's only by 5%, mm. but it's going in the right direction because it has remained static for a good number of years. And the Gardaí are getting something yes. as well. There's going to be more Gardaí recruited. Yeah, the budget's gone up by £60 million. OK, but now that's only 3.5%. So mm. let's not get excited. Um, at the end of the day, that's really inflation. And they're going to recruit um, up to 800 Gardaí, which is, is welcome. It's absolutely needed. You mm. just need to listen to the news. So just listening to you today and trying to absorb yeah. it myself and as listeners are, you know, a little bit for 
here and there and everybody, does it smack of an election? You know, like you remember the 1970, are you old enough to remember 77 when O'Donoghue and Fianna Fáil gave yeah. away the kitchen sink? They yeah. threw out the crown jewels to everybody to win an election and yeah. they did massively. Is there a real touch of election in this Well, budget? I suppose the sceptic in me, the winners, if you just look at the winners, they're the low, mid, low or middle income workers, the older people and the parents. And they're the voters. Yes. So that's just a thought to hold at I, the end yeah. of all this. So if you were cynical, you know, they were going to have to give it to somebody and in mm. fairness, they've given it and taken it away. So it wasn't really that generous. Yes. But the, the, the people who have been targeted are the voters. Gail, as usual, on this day every year, thank you so much for joining us. That's the dust now settled for, from our point of view on Budget 2018 into 19. Thank you so much, Gail McAvoy, for joining us again this year. Thanks. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Drogheda, your local Renault selection dealer. With over 250 quality used cars in stock, there's always something for everyone at Blackstone Motors. Check out our used stock online at blackstonemotors.ie. How would you like a pair of Amy Huberman shoes from her new collection? Well, you can win them today on Late Lunch because the fantastic new Amy Huberman Bourbon Footwear Autumn Winter Collection is now on sale. And you'll find out details about the full collection of uh, shoes on bourbonfootwear.com. And they're available in all premium footwear stores nationwide. And to celebrate their autumn winter range, Amy and the guys and gals at Bourbon have given us a voucher for any style from the bourbonfootwear.com collection to give away today on late lunch. Here's the question. Well, I'll give you the number first. 086-1800-658, our usual WhatsApp or text number. You uh, give me the answer and your name and details and we'll pick a winner. Amy Huberman, she's kept her own name, of course, for professional purposes. But if she were to use her husband's name, she'd be known as Mrs... What would be her name? Mrs. Who? If she took her husband's name, he's a famous guy. Come on, that's an easy question, folks, today. 086-1800-658. WhatsApp text. The very best of luck to you with that one there. Now, imagine a, a, a relation of someone close to you, something happening to them unexpectedly, and they can't contact anybody. They're incapacitated. And there's no way of getting word to people they need to get to. Well, that's a scenario that my next guest, Hilary Morn, experienced in her own family. And would you believe it's led this wonderful lady on to develop an app called Help Your Friend. And she's with me on Late Lunch today. She's from County Meath and delighted to have her on the show. Hilary, you're very welcome to Late Lunch. Good afternoon, Jerry. Thank you very much for having me on the show. Thank you for joining me. Can you just tell us what happened to that relative relative of yours that inspired this? Sure. So a relative of mine um, unfortunately suffered a stroke. Uh, he lived by himself in an apartment and he's he was young. He's in his early 50s. Um, so he'd had a stroke and unfortunately he couldn't get to his phone. So I think two days or three days went by. You're joking me. Yeah, absolutely. So what happened was a work colleague of his on the Monday realised he hadn't shown to work. So they thought this was very strange. You know, it was odd of him not to show up. So they broke into his apartment and they found him on the floor. And he was after suffering a stroke, um, unaided for a few days and unable to get to his phone. Unfortunately, he was left then with, you know, um, health conditions after that, which would have not happened. The doctors had told him that if he had been found earlier, 
um, could have been prevented. Mm. So this set you thinking? It did. It started me to think. And, you know, I just thought it was such a horrible thing, you know, for, for it to happen to him. And I didn't want this to happen to any more relatives of mine or anyone else, for that matter, to be honest. So I started to look at personal safety and things that were out there. And there are a lot of fantastic apps out there. Um, but most of them require you to either press the button, shake the phone or tap the phone to get help. And I started to think, uh, you know, the person close to home for me. And I said, well, he was unable to do that. And then I started to think of so many different scenarios that would happen. You know, you can slip in the shower, you can fall off a ladder. I mean, things that we all think won't happen to us they really can and yes. one of the mill type of things also. Mm. The other thing is and, and I know you've mentioned this mm. this whole online world that we mm. occupy now and especially the dating online world where you go perhaps and meet somebody you don't know this will apply to that area as well for safety reasons. Yeah absolutely I mean the same thing you know uh, there's a huge rise in popularity of online dating and you know people are all, you know, seeing people on photographs and they're chatting online way, you know, for weeks and months before they even meet up. And then they go to meet up and it is not the person that you thought yeah. you knew. And mm. that's happening a lot. I mean, it's it's out there in the newspapers everywhere. There's just people are, I mean, targeting vulnerable people or things like that. And I think this is just a really good safety measure, a peace of mind, you know, pop on your alarm and if you're going to meet a perfect stranger, you know, you don't know what the outcome can be. And mm. things can go terribly wrong, as we've seen in, you know, yes. cases. And, and the more and more cases, I see them coming mm. up there online of people going missing. You see them all the time. You know, so-and-so's gone missing. This person's missing. Here's another real uh, an encouragement and safety feature here that they could have with them that might, you know, prevent some of those things happening. Now, look, you better explain to listeners how this works. How does an app do what it does? Okay, absolutely. So you download the app. You can okay. download it on Google Play or the Apple Store. Help Your Friend is the name H-Y-F, of it. HYF, which stands H-Y-F. for Help Your Friend, yeah. yes. And then you enter your name, your phone number and your country code. And then you'll receive a PIN verification. And that is all we get from you. We don't ask you for email addresses or anything like that. There are you know, no passwords. You pop in your PIN verification and then you add up to five responders. I mean, so realistically, you're going to pick people within proximity. So mm. if you're lucky enough to have your parents or your sisters or friends, neighbours close by. Um, and then you select, you have an alarm, which is a tailor-made alarm. So you can choose anything from 1 to 24 hours. So if you think, right, I'm off for a hill walk or a cycle, I'm going to be three hours. You pop on three hours. Five minutes prior to your three hours, an alarm reminder will go off. So if you're totally fine, you two buttons come up in front of you and one is cancel or reset. So that's good if you're OK. And if you're unfortunate enough that maybe you've been hit off, you hit a pothole and knocked out of sight on a bicycle or, you know, something happened on your hill walk, um, you don't answer your alarm, then it goes straight to your first responder. Okay, so this is the distinction here. Mm -hmm. You actually don't have to press anything. When that alarm comes back on and you don't respond to that, if you've been knocked out, had an incident with your health or whatever, it will automatically kick in. Yes, this is based on your inactivity on your phone. Okay. You don't have to press anything. So it'll contact then the first person, the, yeah. that number that you keyed in, if yep. they don't get a response from that first person. So if they don't get a response, that first responder has two minutes to answer. If they don't answer within two minutes, it goes straight on to your next responder and so on. OK, so look, at you're going to hit somebody. Chances are, Oh, yeah. my God, absolutely certain it will. So 
this sounds really interesting to me and that's why I wanted to talk to you here today. So here is something, an app you can put on your phone. It's mm-hmm. easy, so simple. You set it up once, yep. that's it. Absolutely. Put the numbers in mm-hmm. and you just, if you're going anywhere, say you're meeting somebody on a date. Yep. You, again, program in the time that you should be returned or finished from and if there's anything amiss, people will know quickly. Yeah, absolutely. Will they know where you are? Yes, they will indeed. So when you're a first responder, so say I'm your first responder, Jerry, I get a message saying, Jerry has not answered his alarm. He may need your help. And in front of me, there are two buttons and one says, I'll take care of this. And the other says, view on map. So I press, I'll take care of this and then view on map and that will show your last location. So your last GPS will come up. Okay, so it brings you right to where, you know what I mean, uh, that phone is and Mm -hmm. should be really at the time. Yep. How did you develop this? How did you go? Because you're not a techie person, are no, you? No, I'm certainly not, by all means. I mean that with respect, you yeah, know. No, not at all. Yes. That always makes me laugh, sorry. Um, so what happened was when the idea came about, we started to look at, you know, how are we going to go about developing this? So we contacted a fantastic team down in Galway called App Design. And the guys were just incredible there. They thought it was a great idea. They thought it was really good. And it was also so simple and easy to use and simple and easy to develop because there aren't any massive features on it that require, you know, there are no in-app purchases. There's nothing like that. Okay, so So they went at it from mm -hmm. a technical... Did you guide them? Or did you just give them... You know, you mentioned the situation that you came across with a relation and then you thought about the extension of this to other areas. Is that what you gave them and your concept of it? Yeah, so we talked about the concept and then about how I wanted it to look. Again, on the app, actually, I wanted it just to be really easy, just pressing buttons. You know, the alarm is just a set, you know, it's just a little Mm. plus sign just to, you know, the alarm just scrolls down, you pick 1 to 24. Everything's really simple. It says, my friends, my responders, you know, I just wanted the look to be really basic and simple to use. I kind of based it on, my dad will kill me for saying this, but because he's not great with (laughs) smartphones. So I based it on actually people like him not being able to use smartphones brilliantly. And he flew through it. Mm. You know, so I thought of elderly people as well Mm. or anybody living on their own that, you know, may not be that smartphone savvy. Yes. So, yeah, this kind of simplicity was the big thing and the ease of use. And then I said to the guys, I don't want all these fields that people have to fill out because it drives me mad, you know, when Mm. re-enter your email and reset your password. And so it's just literally pin verification and off you go. Straightforward. Yeah. So how long was this in the developmental stage and when did you launch? So it was in the development stage for about nine months, I would Mm. say. And then the testing period was after that. And that was quite tricky because that incurred a lot of, you know, bug testing and location testing. And then the guys had teams in India, so there was time difference and things like that. So I'd say altogether probably about 12 months before it was finally ready to launch. And how long is it on the market now at this stage? So it went on the market the end of 2017. Okay. And then we just started to kind of create awareness and do a bit of marketing. I'd yes. say in the last maybe three, four months. Okay. You've yeah. really got behind really this. Really got and, behind and, it, yeah. and put the push into it. Yeah. So it's H-Y-F, Help Your Friend. Yes. And, and that's the app. And you download it. Is it a one-off payment? for It, it is indeed. Yes. It's a one-off payment of 4.49, And that includes the 20, they're 20 free SMSs. So all your responders that you choose, they, ref, they receive 
SMSs notifying them that they are your responder yes. and they're all included in the price and you also have up to three times to change that, you know, if people move or go of on holidays and things. Um, there are no in-app purchases required at all and it's a once-off, so it's a lifetime subscription. My God, it's it's very cost-effective, let me say, for what you're, you're offering here. W- what have you been hearing back from people who are using it? It's been great, I have to say. There's been a fantastic amount of support, you know. Um, it's creating the awareness, as I said, and when I do talk to people about it, everybody's saying, oh my God, this is an incredible app. And I suppose the inactivity is the main, you know, obviously it's the main feature for this. And it's amazing how many people then say, you wouldn't believe what happened to my aunt or my mom or my dad or, you know, if only they had that. Yes. So I, people have been incredibly supportive and, you know, hugely interested, which is great. I'm just thinking of somebody that may be living alone. Must they set it every day? Well, I mean, you can, you don't have to set it every day, but you can, because actually my parents use it as an, basically a, a daily alarm. So they set a 12 hour alarm. Mm. And it just goes off. They just keep pressing reset every day. So, I mean, that's quite a handy thing. It just sits with you there. Yeah. yeah. For somebody who maybe, you know, is living on their own, they might be a little bit forgetful or something. It just, it's just like an alarm. So, and then the good thing is also people go, oh, what if it notifies everyone? And I said, well, is that such a bad thing? I mean, someone's going to get in contact with you. So for somebody living on their own and their responders, they're going to go, hey, is everything okay? I mean, Mm. it's also creating a little bit of Mm. awareness of, you know, not to forget about these people. Absolutely. Too. I think of, I'm just thinking here of hill walkers who go yeah. missing, people we've seen the fishing tragedies. You no, know, people go yeah. fishing, maybe an engine breaks down, they're, they, they're, they're somewhere isolated or things like that as well. It's brilliant, so it is. And it picks up, it works through the, the GPS. Yes, it? It's it all does. up above us it's there. All, in the, <laughs> yeah. in the sky. None of us know what happens up there. <laughs> I don't know what happens up there, but we just know that this works. Will you stay with me for a few moments? Because I want to talk a bit more to you about you. This new app is called HYF. Help your friend and the uh, lady who invented it, who brought it into fruition, is Hilary Moore, and she's with me on late lunch. Stay with us on the show. The app is HYF Help Your Friend. Hilary Moore has uh, brought it to life in this world, and she's with me on late lunch this afternoon. You are from County Meath originally, yes? Yes, indeed, I am born and bred. Yes, both parents from Meath and everything. And you grew up and were educated here in Ireland. But soon after you completed your studies, where did you do your third level here? Uh, did my third level here at DCU. Okay. Yeah. And what did you specialise in there? Um, I specialised in film and television. Okay. Yeah. But you didn't stay in Ireland, did you then, when you took your qualification or did you stay here long? Because you spent a lot of time in the UK. I did indeed. No, I, I actually tried to get into, I wanted to get into advertising. That okay. was my main thing. Mm. And I tried quite a few agencies. Um, gosh, this is going back. Well, do I hate to say it, but don't 20 worry, years. Don't worry, I can go back a lot further. Go on, go on, you're in good um, company. So going back 20 years, um, I applied to quite a few ad agencies, you know, as intern and things like that, but I just didn't get anything from them. So I decided to go to London. I guess it was the hub of media, really. And uh, so I went there and then worked in ad agencies kind of across the board, global ones and kind of you know, privately owned. Sachi and Sachi began with I over did there. Indeed, yes. yes. Well-known name. Lagos Delaney, big, big firm, aren't they, internationally yes. as well? You spent quite a number of years with them. Yeah, I was about I kind of eight or nine years with Lagos Delaney, yeah. Mm. Um, would you believe actually independently owned by an Irishman? Really? Originally, he was from Dundalk. Right. Yes, but moved to London again when he was young uh, with his family, with his parents. And um, yeah, so I worked there for nine years. It was fantastic. They had some great clients. I mean, they had Adidas, Barclays, 
um, you know, huge big names. And what did you do? Were you the creative one? Were you the one who was coming up with the concepts? And No, I always wanted to be, but I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I kind of started off, well, I did TV production here um, through through kind of Bill Keating, who was involved with RTE. Mm. And um, so I started off as a runner, basically getting people, do you know what runners do? Get, getting people tea and sandwiches and doing all of the horrible jobs. But, you know, it was a great experience because I just worked my way up then. Yes. Um, did a bit of TV, you know, TV production. I was an assistant there for a while. And then, then I kind of got into more, I suppose, the management operations side uh, yes. towards the end. Okay. And kind of fell into that. But I always had a great interest in the creative side. Mm. Creative people are special, aren't they? They're, yeah, they're They think special. in a different plane, I think, yeah. to most others, don't they? They do. And it's the, the, the heartbeat, of course, of organisations yeah. like that. Passion Pictures and Animation Studios. Yes, that's right. Um, so you, I presume a lot of people will know the Meerkat yes. uh, campaign. Yes, they developed that. That was fascinating because I had never kind of been in a company that dealt with animation before and just watching it all like CGI and, you know, all the little hairs being created and the code. So code, actually, I, I knew a little bit about code writing, which was interesting for the app then mm. for HYF. Uh, as in, I can't write code, but I, I, I saw the concept and I saw the kind of the pipeline and how it worked. So that was quite interesting. Yeah. So then after that, you came home. What year did you come back to Ireland? I came back in 2015. Back and in how long had you been uh, in total? 17 years in London. Oh, my yeah. God. You must have had a hell of a time. Did. did you <laughs> love it? I did. I mean, it's a great city. I mean, yeah. I absolutely loved it. But I think when you... I love it now because I go back to visit quite frequently. Like friends and my sisters are there as well. So I have a lovely dynamic with it now. I just breeze in for a weekend and it's very different but I mean it is a great city because there's everything on your doorstep but I think with any city when you're working there and working life is very different you maybe don't get to appreciate or you know visit as many museums or you know go to the theatre as much as everyone thinks you do when you live in London but Mm. I think what's really interesting about London is there's always something new happening and it's fascinating and you know really great trends happening or you know I think that's the exciting bit of it. So I wouldn't enjoy spending a long term there living and getting out of that tube every morning and bustling in and out with everybody, <laughs> working my backside off and coming home half asleep at night. No. No. That's, is that the reality? Of- I think that, well, that's the reality, you know. I said, it's much nicer when you just visit now. <laughs> well, you know, I was just saying it then, I was just thinking about that's what we do when we go over. You know, we yeah. visit these places of historical interest, take in a show, the lovely food. So we see that side of oh, it. Oh, it's you know? true. And then we yeah. go, God, I'd love to live in yeah. London, you know. <laughs> so you've marked my card yes. now. You say, hey, Jerry, cop yourself on, will you? <laughs> Life is different when you have to live there day Grass to day. Grass is always greener. <laughs> so are you content? You seem very content now that you're back. And look at this and other things going on for you. You were happy to come back, were you? Oh, yeah, no, I was delighted to come back. I think, you know, I also think you're a person who either goes to London and, you know, once you hit 20 years, I think you don't come back. So I was really conscious of that the whole time. And I was kind of going, oh, God, it's 17. I need, I've only got three left before I've, I've turned British or something. <laughs> you know <laughs> so I'm getting a lot of slagging off from friends at home Can I say one thing to you and we were just talking yeah. about this yesterday I remember years ago here in Late Lunch we interviewed a young girl she was uh, a nurse at the start of the recession and she, there was no work here so she went to London so about six months later I rang her in London from the show here yeah. to check out oh my god she had the greatest Cockney accent <laughs> you've ever heard oh, in right, your Jerry. life <laughs> yeah. and I actually you know I said it to her you don't have a swing no. of it. Not one bit with all that time there. No, I know. I don't. That's funny, actually. A lot of people commented on that, you know, when I came home and through the years, just saying, you just never picked anything no. up. 
Yeah, no. Yeah. I, Good on you. Yeah, I was going to say, I was going to say, can I say thankfully, but I don't know. <laughs> well, I want to say it to you. Fair <laughs> juicy you as well. So you're back here now. Has this app, just coming back to mm. it again, you know, HYF, YF, help mm. your friend. Has this whet your appetite for this type of thing? Do you see, you know what I mean, offshoots of this? Absolutely. I mean, I do think there could be versions of it. There could be a version two. There could be, you know, some kind of expansion into something else. Um, and I think, you know, I think anything, it's it's definitely wet my appetite for being able to help people, be it alone. I mean, I did a little bit of um, voluntary work in a retirement village when I came, or sorry, retirement home when I came back to Ireland mm. and that really opened my eyes. It, you know, again, another thing that um, they used to wear these alarms around their neck. Dependent. Yes. You know. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. The alarm button you can press. And a lot of the women, um, actually, the patients in there, they didn't like it. I think it was like a dignity thing. And that kind of, when I started HYF, it brought my mind back to that, saying, you know, elderly people, yes, I know you get a little bit older and things happen, but you also have your dignity. And you don't suddenly just, you know, once you become a certain age, you don't have to kind of say, right, that's it, I must wear a a panic button now and I must look old and vulnerable. And it's also a vulnerable thing, I think, Mm. as well. Mm. Whereas when you have this, nobody sees it, it's there. But you know, you have the the reassurance as well. Just as an aside before we finish, you're back here now and you were a while out of the country, still well in touch here, obviously, but what do you make of Ireland now? Maybe it's lucky you got out of that country that's leaving Europe at the moment, you know, but what do you make of here being back here at this time? I think, I mean, I think it's, you know, good and bad, I Mm. think, in certain ways. I think some things changed, which was great. I think a lot of things didn't change. Um, You know, I think small towns 
are a long way off as well. You know, I mean, Dublin, I think, is always kind of going with the times. And yes. you notice things like that in Dublin mm. with, with exhibitions and with even with restaurants and things like that. Whereas I think smaller towns, you know, which it, it makes sense anyway, they're a little bit slower to try new things. Yes. And maybe, you know, new concepts. They lag behind a bit. Yeah, they do. But, but I mean, it's like anything. It's All it is is trying to explain to people how to change or how to, you know, it's like... WhatsApp is a great example. I always think we didn't use, none of us had WhatsApp on our phone prior to what, 2009 or whenever it came in. And then suddenly, where would we be without it? Mm. So it's just actually trying to create awareness to people and saying, we need to use this or we need to do this. And yes. I think, you know, that that kind of comes into small, smaller yes. communities, really. OK, but you're very happy to be back on I home do, soil. Yeah. It is. No, it's really great. And I'm delighted I came back and the space is great as well. (laughs) (laughs) Well, listen, well done to you, may I say. I really like this. I really do. When I saw it, I wanted to meet you and talk about it on the show and tell people about it as well. H-Y-F. Help Your Friend is the name of the app. It only costs four euros something. And look at the security and peace of mind it provides. I want to wish you all the very best going forward. Good luck with this one. And who knows, you could be back here when you have your next incarnation of what, whatever you do. But for the moment, Hilary Morn, thank you for joining me on Late Lunch today. Thank you very much, Jerry. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Drogheda, your local Renault selection dealer. With over 250 quality used cars in stock, there's always something for everyone at Blackstone Motors. Check out our used stock online at blackstonemotors.ie. After more than 20 years building up a hugely successful insurance business in the Northeast, Benny Sheridan almost lost everything everything in the recession. Good news, he's back and he's uh, flying again today but there's a lot of water under the bridge since 2008 and 2018 and I'm delighted to say he's with me on late lunch today. Benny, you're very welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Jerry. Thank you for joining me. I've talked about this many times and it pains me to. 2008, when, when the world was falling apart here, you had a great business. How many people were working for you? Well, 2007, 2008, there was 20 people in the business, 20 brokers and staff uh, working at a number of different offices. We had six offices throughout the northeast. And um, the last quarter of 27, I remember I met uh, a couple of my colleagues, brokers at work in Virginia for a lunch and we're chatting in December 2007 that we're noticing things was cooling and direct debits, etc. That was the gut feeling in terms of volume, etc. But it was nine months later uh, before the government, the banking crisis, and probably September 2008 that the penny started to drop with people that had an exposure to debt and all that. What was the core of your business? Insurance is a big word and it covers a multitude. What was the, the core aspect? Okay, well, the core aspect of our business is looking after customers in regard to home insurance, health insurance, car insurance, commercial insurance, life insurance, income protection, pensions, all that type of stuff. So all of that was going to be impacted hugely upon with this crash because you've named a number of things there that straight away people take flight from. Yeah, and the relevance of what was happening at that time uh, we knew we were in a hole 
and I suppose to accept that probably the denial stage earlier on you're thinking you know maybe it is a soft landing but it transpired it was anything but a soft landing and coming to terms when 70% is wiped off of an asset uh, banks then realise a problem they have and retrospectively the contribution that the boom made to the exchequer is often forgotten about. There was one case history we had where we invested in a property, we're positioning an office there, and just for example, on 400,000, there was 21% fat, 9% stamp duty on top of the 400. So you had 120,000 euro taxation generated by that transaction. The seller then let's say if they had the property for 10 or 15 years as many people did and they had capital gains tax to pay they may have had a bill of 50 60,000 capital gains tax so on a 400,000 transaction in those years there was possibly anything up to 170 180,000 tax went into the exchequer yeah and it, it it's something that the construction trade and all homeowners first time buyers people that was in negative equity they made a huge contribution uh, in their investments and purchases to uh, the exchequer's finances. And that's often and that is forgotten about. It's overlooked. It's never mentioned much is it? Well it's down the river. Uh, it is forgotten about but for people that are still in the process of rebuilding mm. and maybe they raised as um, in a personal situation Miriam and I raised um released equity from our, on our family home to cover those investments and a lot of what we've done with our family home was essentially borrowing to pay the taxes involved with a transaction investing in a property whatever okay so your business contracted obviously from the crash that's quite obvious you had 20 people working for you six offices did that all go did those six offices go what about the the jobs no it didn't and um the people we worked with um, in 2008, 10 years ago, we weren't quite sure what to do. And we linked in. There was a workshop advertised down in a place called Glenston Abbey in County Limerick. A couple of monks and Galway University was running a programme at that time entitled Business Innovation uh, to prepare people in business for the road ahead. I went down to that on a Saturday and it was probably a first step in coming to terms with what we had to do to uh, cut costs. How did you? What did you do? Well, we closed offices, but we had a number of meetings with the brokers that worked with us. We used to meet down of a Friday night in the Lakeside Manor in Virginia. And some of the significant things, the core of the team... They know who they are, they, Thomas's, Kelly's, Brian's and Grace's and John's and all those. They were tuned into what was happening and bright people. So collectively, it was a collective effort that the plan was we looked at, do we centralise? Do we? What do we do? Do we get out or whatever? So the house view at the time was we centralised the business and then there was a bit of time given to where and after discussion and working with the brokers and taking everyone's views into consideration it was felt that Cavan was the best place to reposition the business and at that time as well cash was very tight 
we were operating an, o- an overdraft facility. And things like brokers who were happy to delay payment of their wages slash salary. Uh, there was four or five brokers that rode in with us on that. There, there's the things that made the difference because you're in the boat and they're working the buckets as well. Mm. And that team spirit it was very evident and has been over the years with that core of people in the business. And that's that really, when we think back, it's the people you're working with and the commitment and also our customers. They were very uh, understanding of uh, we disappearing out of places like Navin and RD and we're going down to Cavan. But the message and, and following on from that, when we did cut costs, we did allocate money by way of community support or community sponsorships, more so than advertising. We says we just try and stay connected to the local communities that support us. And we've done that. And that uh, strategy has worked. Uh, at the same time, then, the central bank uh, are a regulator and there's various comments about the central bank. But in 2010, they called an audit, full audit on Sheridan Insurances, and they had concerns about our solvency. So there were a third party that held a firm line, but it, they were probably through 2010-11, they were our managing directors. So they worked, help you work through it as well. Well, they, they guided you. They they set out the parameters. Yeah, and you had to adhere to them parameters, which thankfully we did. And uh, that independent regulator, they really did. It's a sort of the iron fist in a velvet glove thing. They were firm in their thing, and it it prioritised when you have to make decisions and your licence to trade is dependent on it, you make decisions. Yeah. Your home, your family home, you woke one morning, when was that, 2010, and there was a knock on the door? Yeah, well, I suppose 29, 28-9, we were um, trying to keep things afloat and keep all payments up, and um, the banks, the strategy with the banks, which we would see now is get as much as you can, from them in terms of other securities or other stuff, get all that gathered up. And when they've that gathered up, then they assess the situation. And in March 2010, uh, when they gathered up any loose ends from us, they made a decision to appoint receivers. So at the various different properties, we ended up dealing with four different receivers uh, appointed by the banks, which they're entitled to do, of course, through the High Court. And then that brings a different tone to the situation. So when you're dealing with a receiver and they're appointed by the High Court and they make a decision to appoint a security company to take charge of your property, that that was a rattle. And uh, I remember one Friday evening we came home from Cavan. It was Patrick's weekend and Miriam went out to bring in the clothes. It was dark, maybe nine o'clock at night. And a guy came into the backyard with a summons to serve Miriam. And those type of uh, moments really give you a gunk. And so then maybe two months later, thereabouts, was end of April. 
Uh, I was in the shower upstairs, had my shower, got out, was drying myself, and I looked out the wind and I seen vans and high-vis jackets. And I said, Jesus, they must be at the wrong house, maybe guys in construction. But as I was drying myself off and all that, the penny was dropping and it sinks into you. So the, I suppose, discussion, you object, you don't cooperate. Uh, we had a property in Navin in receivership at RD and we're involved in a property at Bailiborough. So all this was happening. These were your business properties? Yeah, well, no, there were businesses that was owned, not by Sheridan, the properties yeah. weren't owned by Sheridan Insurances, but the the properties concerned, do you know what I mean, where Sheridan Insurances operated. Okay. But that all, um, we engaged with all the parties. Mm. We communicated we took a position and we looked at the positives. Did you stay in your house? Absolutely. You've never had to leave your house? Never. No. And it's like um, the, even in the situation at Navin, the receivers there uh, alleged we weren't cooperating, took an interlocutory injunction application to the courts, weren't successful in it. We defended that. Uh, uh, so... We engaged, but uh, we, we we were challenging the receiver and the bank as well. So different personnel you deal with, like all things in life. Uh, we ended up dealing with a gentleman in Danske Bank who was central to the whole thing. And through negotiation and deferral and all that, we managed to refinance our position and move forward and that was completed just uh, three years ago my god that is a long time from this all began you know two yeah. three years ago isn't yeah. it Benny stay there for a second I want to take a short break on late lunch what a story you have this man has been through the mill but he's standing and still standing and with us on late lunch this afternoon Benny Sheridan's with me on late lunch this afternoon. He's been through the mill since the crash, but look at today. Uh, Sheridan Insurance are thriving again. Just want to clarify something with you in terms of this whole thing where your house was on the line, your business, etc. The in- the insurance business, Sheridan Insurance per se, was fine, even though there were huge difficulties with loss of business and everything. Absolutely. The, that- the difficulties were, you, you did things personally, investments and that. That's where the, the, the nub of this was, was it? Yeah. Yes, that just to clarify, Jerry, Promotions Direct Limited Trading as Sheridan Insurance is, is a separate entity. Okay, and only does insurance broking. Yeah. Okay. So that, that just just to clarify that point. Yeah. But look, you're, you're battling on several fronts with the business, with the the number of offices you have. You have a staff as well, and you've come through it. And you mentioned the people and the the central bank, the help it gave to you. But yourself and Miriam and your family. It was must have been a, a, a ferocious time for you. Well, uh, yes, maybe, but I think it's important that when you look at people around you, you realise all you've got going for you. Mm. And I know when the Mead Chronicle contacted me about I made a comment, it was something a neighbour had said to us, you're a millionaire when you have your health. That's a very powerful statement because during those years, other close friends of ours... Uh, didn't didn't enjoy the good health that our family enjoyed. Some of them aren't here who went through similar difficulties to you today. Is that fair to say? Abs- well, I suppose in the wider front, yes, I think in, in a yeah, national context, yeah. 
that that's the reality that uh, there was like even since in the last week a few people contacted me and, and just sharing and as to where they're at and they're not sorted or whatever. Yes. So that challenge to business is always there mm. and in the insurance business different things happen like c- c- Enterprise, CBL, Satanta. Those collapses. There were collapses. Now in those collapses none of our customers were ever out of pocket. Yeah. As a result of that, while Sheridan Insurances took the hit, mm. uh, we always stood by our customers and reinstated cover or whatever was needed to be done because they they trusted us to look after their affairs and we were reciprocating uh, the trust they placed in us to make sure mm. they were looked after. Mm. And it's an important point to make as well. And you're making the point, you take hits in life from everywhere. And that, that's just another one as well. You cut back on everything, like the practicalities of this here. All the, the, the little luxuries you enjoyed in life were gone. Yeah, I suppose uh, some we might deem them luxuries, but the in retrospect, looking back, are they luxuries? Uh, there's the nice-to-haves and the must-haves. No holidays? Correct. The cars went. One car you were operating off? Yeah, we functioned on Between one Between y'all. Yeah. What else? Anything no, else? That we've, obviously, we're, more, we're a two-car family now yeah. again. But yeah. I suppose... Going out for nice meals, holidays, all that by the yeah, wayside. I, that doesn't bother me. The mm. one thing that when I look back over the last 10 years... I would see loss of relationships, maybe people that had more that you had more time for uh, to maybe call to or visit or whatever, catch up on. And that's something you can't buy that back. Mm. And the other thing is the mindset changes. This mm. is about lifestyle choices. And my favourite holiday destination is my family home. So when I'm home, I'm on holidays. And it's absolutely terrific. And I think the whole thing about that in life uh, that's the mindset lifestyle choices you make you see different things out there in the media but I think it's for up, for all of us it's like insurance most insurance purchases are optional and whether people decide to buy health insurance from Sheridan Insurances or home insurance or commercial vehicle or commercial whatever they're optional and there's where the broker comes in to give that impartial advice and that's probably the why can I ask you this if you had your life to live over again and you look back with the wisdom of hindsight would you have gone into those investments that you did again that nearly cost you everything um, on a number of them absolutely not uh, there were some unforeseen things like the iceberg that took the Titanic out there were certain things that wasn't seen Um I think the big lesson I've learned is making decisions without enough a consultation. And there were bad decisions. Miriam and I accept uh, graciously 100% the responsibility that comes with that. And if I was living my life again, there was probably thinking out loud one, two, three business decisions we've made. Uh, any of the rest I'd still stand by. That, uh, as the fellow says, I wouldn't do it again. That, that ain't too many, you know. When, yes. when you look at the context of all the decisions you've, ha- you've had to make over the years, so where are you today? Where, where are you today? Are, are you okay financially, or are you still trying to pick up the pieces? We're, uh, I, I, in the main, we're okay. Mm. Sheridan Insurance is, is solvent, in good shape. Uh, going through 
a different phase now that we have uh, we have met nets to mend in the ship uh, really and prepare ourselves for the road ahead that's I think within the room we all know that in Cavan and that has been discussed that there's a lot of work positive things to be done Mm. to bring ourselves on Mm. how Uh, many people are working with you now? Uh, in the room in Cavan and then we'll say Navin as well totaled are 16 on the team So you're not far below where you were once at one stage which was the 20 people and you've less sites yeah, well, you know what I mean sites were, were a more efficient outfit yes. okay. a more efficient outfit and we've, we're in more control and uh, there's some very dynamic individuals within the business so it's a sort of uh, getting a steer on how we move forward there's great opportunity in the insurance broken market we feel we have a role to serve customers employ us to look after stuff Mm. for them and uh, I suppose on insurance one of the things I've always found insurance is always too dear until the day you need it you are so right that's true and that's the truest thing you'll ever say you know we think oh there's money down the drain but you're right the day you have to look and think Where's my safety net here? It comes back to that. Final question. We're up against time. You've come through an awful lot. Here you sit today. Are you a better man? Absolutely. I think that the personal development that comes with that, uh, it's like, you know, you have the experience and I think you have more empathy as well for people that are going through different, it's not necessarily financial issues with people. Uh, There's lots of people in the country today it could be relationship crises health crises bereavement there's so many different things and when you uh, put this in perspective financial troubles can be dealt with and there's one thing we see vital in the business the business won't run out of money it could run out of energy but that it's the energy is the secret Benny Sheridan pleasure meeting you on late lunch today Good luck to you, Miriam and the family and Sheridan Insurances. You've come through an awful lot. I wish you well for the future. Thank you. Thank you very much, Jerry. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Drogheda, your local Renault selection dealer. With over 250 quality used cars in stock, there's always something for everyone at Blackstone Motors. Check out our used stock online at blackstonemotors.ie. Amy Huberman, what's her married name? I don't think I ever hear her using it, but she is, of course, married to Brian O'Driscoll, so she's Mrs. O'Driscoll. O'Driscoll was the answer we're looking for, and that uh, voucher today for the Amy Huberman Bourbon Footwear Autumn Winter Collection goes to Anne Boland. Well done to you, Anne. It's yours today. Enjoy. Help to wear those lovely shoes, and we will have another voucher for Amy Huberman shoes to give away on late lunch tomorrow afternoon a set of house keys with a harp key ring found on Ratmullen Road in Drogheda handed into the station here you can drop in or call us on 9832000 that's 041 set of house keys with a harp key ring somebody may be frantically looking for those today also like to mention the wonderful Alzheimer's a group in Drogheda. They're having their annual concert tomorrow, Thursday, in the Holy Family Church in Drogheda. The Garda Band are there. Uh, Eugene Ginty, brilliant. Amy Dwyer is there as well. 7.30 it all begins and you'll be supporting wonderful, wonderful people. The Alzheimer's group here in Drogheda, they do fantastic work. So that's tomorrow night, 7.30 
in uh, the Holy Family Church in Ballsgrove. And a big happy birthday today. Yes, a very special birthday. Paddy Markey is 90 today. He was centre-half back, a brilliant player, on the loud side uh, that got to three All-Ireland semi-finals. They never made a final in the 50s. They were a great team, very unfortunate. Mayo in 50, Cavan followed and Kerry in 53. And he played a starring role on all of those teams. He was a wonderful, wonderful footballer and he's 90 years young. And today on LMFM, we want to send heartiest birthday greetings to Paddy Markey, my good friend Frank Lynch, who was in touch with me about that one. Thank you, Frank, for letting us know. Really appreciate it. So happy birthday again to Paddy Markey is 90 today. He's in for a visit, I believe, from some of his old colleagues and people who knew him and they're looking forward to getting together with him for his birthday on this very special day. You're with lunch on LMFM Radio. I have a hedgehog story for you and we're going to talk hedgehogs after the break. Louise, can I tell you a little story? Of course you can, go on. A hedgehog story. You know Ava, my granddaughter, she's three and a half now, but ever since she was a little thing that could understand, you know, stories and reading little Mm -hmm. baby stories to her, I started telling her stories about a hedgehog, an imaginary hedgehog called Harry. And where did that idea come from? It's just one of those things. I think it came from my dad. I mentioned him yesterday when we were talking here about uh, the book. You know, the lovely book, book, yes, the children's book yesterday um, to the folks. Uh, from him. I think it came from my dad because he made up these stories about wildlife and foxes, etc. when I was small. So I started telling her about Harry the Hedgehog who lived in our back garden and he'd come in at night when she was asleep and he'd be asking for her and he lived in the garden and he ate some of the windfalls from the apples and little food I left out from and he'd go away again and he'd come back another night and I just came up with these stories and then he got a brother called Henry Henry came into the picture as well so she when she'd be going to sleep at night or even sitting there in the evening time say gang gang as she calls me gang gang tell me a Harry story so I'd tell her anyway well listen Listen to this. This is just so coincidental. Because when we were talking yesterday to Paula Murphy about her book, she was telling me the genesis of the book came from her grandson when he was three and a half. Anyway, the night before last, Messi, my dog who lives in the utility, got a little bit angsty. And I went out and I thought, oh, I have visitors in the back garden, which I've had before, two-legged kinds, yeah. So I let him out. And when the light went on, lo and behold, in the garden was a hedgehog. Oh. And there he was. I'd put out a little jam tart or something that was gone out of date, and he was eating that. He curled up into a ball. Messi came over to him, sniffed him, didn't pay any remarks. He just left him then and went and did his business before he was bedding down for the night, the dog that is. But there was Harry. And then he came out a little bit and he got back into the ball again. So what did I do? Took a few photographs and Showed left him it. to his own devices. I think he's living in my garden now. I really hope he is. And next morning, when Ava got up at the breakfast, I was shown. I said, Ava. Here he is. This you is Harry. More excited. I was just like a child again, and she got really excited because you remember last Christmas I bought her the Sylvanian yeah. hedgehog family when I was down with Tony uh, in Duffy's Toy World in the Lee. I brought them home to her, and she has little make believe fellas, little toys and and cuddly toys of hedgehogs. But here was the real Harry in the back garden. So last night she said to me, "Will we go out <laughs> and see is he there?" And and I'm fine. I said, "Well, I don't see him, and we're looking out again, and we didn't see him. We're hoping that he is there." But just a little story of something coming to life that was a figment 
of the imagination. And exciting for her. And, and exciting. Kids. Oh my God. Had, had you ever a hedgehog yourself in the garden around the house? We no? did, yeah. And two squirrels used to come oh, out for a single day. I don't lovely. know what happened. Would the dog hurt it? Uh, not dog really. Hurt a hedgehog. No. Well, look, we're going to find out more about hedgehogs now because I, I don't know all about them, but we do so have cute. a woman who does know all about them. And she's been listening. She's been listening to that little story on the line. She's her go to wildlife person. Aideen McGee is on the line. Afternoon, Aideen. Hi, Jerry. How are you? What about my wee story, Aideen? Oh, it's lovely. Lovely to hear us, actually, Jerry, and lovely to hear um, hedgehogs pottering around at night as well and out in people's gardens. And it's really special to see them, actually, isn't it? Because we know they're there, but we don't see them all that often. So. Yes. And I have to say, Aideen, where I live, if you knew where I live, uh, you know, it's it's walled in. There's a road where they have to get across. So he yeah. negotiated a lot to get into my place yeah. now, Aideen. Yeah. Hedgehogs are actually really good climbers as well, Jerry. I think a lot of people don't realise that because uh, you don't see them. You don't see them doing it. But if you've any creepers on your walls or anything that they can cling on to, they are actually really good at climbing. They can get up maybe kind of a seven or eight foot wall. Right. And when they get to the top, they tend to roll up and then they just kind of roll back. Down <laughs> <and climb. laughs> you do all the hard bit of the climbing and then the, the nice bit comes second. <laughs> oh my God. Well, there's another. You've actually suggested something to me because I do have clematis and ivies and things like that oh, so they, they may have come yeah. in from another garden as well but anyway he's with us and I hope he's with us for the winter, for the winter time now Aideen I have to say this fella is plump a good lump yeah. of a hedgehog I, you know well built yeah, that's that's fantastic to hear. You know, this time of the year, hedgehogs are um, really stocking up on as much as much food as they possibly can, and building up their fat reserves to get them through hibernation. Um, so it's you know it's still very mild. I mean, it was about seventeen or eighteen degrees yesterday and twenty degrees today, um, and temperatures aren't dropping back too much at night yet as well. But they are preparing for the fact we're in October now. So once the first frost starts to hit, that's when we're going to start seeing them going into hibernation. So they do need to be they need, they need to have those reserves to get them through. Um, so you know, if your your Harry sounds absolutely fine and sounds like he's going to be grand but if anyone comes across a hedgehog um, generally we say kind of in around 600 gram mark is what they need to be at least actually to, to get them through hibernation so if you happen to come across um, another visitor to your garden that maybe doesn't look quite as plump and as healthy as Harry um, it's well worthwhile just popping on a pair of gardening gloves um, getting your weighing scales out and just weighing them and see what weight they actually are and um, if they're not quite heavy enough it might be time to contact your local rehabilitator and just take them in for a little bit of overwintering as well but it certainly wouldn't be necessary just yet um, Jerry, just waiting until the, the first frost hit. So, Aideen, I take it those particular hedgehogs, hedgehogs that you're yeah. talking about, that are small and slightly underweight, would they be the late clutch? They would, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, sometimes hedgehogs can have two, if not three families in the one year as well. So particularly when we've had as mild a summer as we've had and as mild an autumn, um, you will see them going around with, with small babies at this time of the year, which is a little bit unusual. Um, so if we'd had a, a wet, cold summer, they probably wouldn't be around now, but because the weather has been so good, they are. So uh, we've actually, only last week, we got a report of some pretty small hedgehog babies that were actually um, ended up coming into the shelter as well. They're growing maybe, I think, 200 grams. So really, really tiny, only a couple mm. of weeks old. Um, so yeah, you know, it, it depends on the weather from year to year and the abundance of food, etc. Um, but there are definitely babies out there still, and they may not reach the, the requisite hibernation weight this year, so they might have to overwinter with a, a rehabber or with a wildlife centre. So, for anybody listening today who happens to have a hedgehog in their garden or a visiting hedgehog, what yeah. can you do to aid them for the hibernation time? 
Uh, well, supplement feeds them anyway. You mentioned windfall apples there as well, Jerry. You know, and um, so any kind of rotten fruit that is around in the ground or fallen fruit, um, they, they will certainly feast on that. Um, you know, while they're primarily um, meat eaters, so they're they're eating slugs and snails, etc. They will happily eat fruit as well. So if you have fruit, don't pick it up; just leave mm. it there. And the hedgehogs and every other you know any other kind of wildlife in your garden will benefit at the same time. But then put out your your dog and your cat food as well at night. Uh, dried nuts are fine; it doesn't have to be wet food as long as you put out a shallow bowl of water with that as well. Um, so give them every opportunity they can to get the ideal weight because we, you know, it's much better for them to stay out in, in the wild where they belong as opposed to coming into care. We do that obviously if it's necessary but, you know, if we prefer to get them to a point where they're healthy enough they can get through the winter on their own. Um, other than that, it's, it's leaving, you know, they're going to be starting to make make their beds ready now for hibernation as well. So as tempting as it is to pick up all our leaves and things, um, you know, squeeze them into a corner of your garden if you have a corner where you can leave them um, and leave the, the leaves and any bits of vegetation have died back um, and leave them somewhere that the hedgehogs can actually make themselves a little hibernation space. Um, again, you can you can get you know dedicated hedgehog houses now. I think we mentioned this before um, mm. as well in like places like Aldi or Riddle or Woody's. Um, they they have little proper houses, little wooden houses, and you know hedgehogs absolutely will use them. But you don't need to even do that as well. You can just um, make yourself a little uh, you know a wooden box turned upside down that has some kind of a good insulation, kind of a ceiling on the bottom of it, and it's raised off the ground an inch or two, so there it's not going to be flooded out if it's any wet weather um, and just um, pop that out for them and again leave it somewhere where there's lots of, of leaves and things they can drag in and make a nice bed for themselves um, so you're just making an ideal environment for them to, to encourage them to hang around and hedgehogs won't necessarily hibernate for the full winter if we have a milder spell in the winter they might actually come out of hibernation again as well so watch out for that um, so if they do reappear in the garden pop out some extra food for them as well just keep an eye on where they are Yeah I'm just thinking now this fellow was in that good a condition I think he may be a visitor in my garden for a while because there's been lots of windfalls that I haven't been able to get to. Now I tidied some of them up. I'm ashamed to say I composted some of them. I shouldn't have done that. But there's still plenty on the ground. But he may be thriving there and he may have set himself up. So is there is there a likelihood he may stay with us for the winter? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, if, if you've got an ideal environment there, there's absolutely no need for them to go any further. And they are quite territorial. So if you found an ideal space with you, Jerry, chances are you'll you have a <laughs> great visitor, which is really nice. You know? Oh, there's a little she girl going to be one. so happy. There really yeah. is. Now, I know we probably won't see much of them during the day. They are more nocturnal, aren't they? Oh, they're completely. They're completely. absolutely nocturnal. So mm. if you see them out during the day, the only time you should see a hedgehog out during the day is during breeding season when um, the females have young babies and they may be trying to get extra food. So they might be out during the day. Other than that, if you see a hedgehog out during the day, it's a sign they're in trouble so you absolutely would need to take them in then at that stage and um, call out your better or rehabber and let them have a look and see what's going on um, because they, they should not be out during daylight hours. The the other thing about them, the the gardener's friend, you did mention slugs and that there. They're very good at dealing, you know, don't put down the and, and the other thing to mention, don't put down slug pellets. No, absolutely. That was something actually I meant to mention there a minute ago as well. Please don't use any kind of chemical um, slug pellets or anything at all in the garden. There are more environmentally friendly ways of dealing with uh, which are slugs and hedgehogs are one of those ways. Yes. So if you don't use slug pellets, and slug pellets, they, they don't just poison slugs, they, they poison everything else in the garden as well. Um, and it's a really, really unpleasant way for any animal to, to die. So, um, you know, we'd absolutely advocate you know, not using them at all. Um, even when they say they're pet friendly, etc. We just, you know, there are other ways to deal with which are 
just loads of, and just nails. Um, so I mean, I guarantee you probably will have um, if you plant cabbages or lettuces or whatever it is that you grow in in your veg patch. Um, if Harry is still around, you know they'll have a they'll be thriving and, and still be. <laughs> well, there's plenty. And let Harry deal with it for you. Yeah, I, there's plenty for him. I have to say, and that's the good thing about it. There's loads there that he can be working away with, and we're just thrilled to see him around the place as well. Yeah. A, a few years ago, a smaller fella came, and you know what, Aideen, I think I told you this one day. He fell down a drain. There was, but all my yeah. drains are covered now. No chance. Yeah. Yeah. No, and uh, you know we've had we had a call there actually a couple two calls recently. One um, it was actually an uncovered drain, and the hedgehog was so tightly jammed, and it actually took three people to actually figure a way to get him out. Mm. In North County Dublin, um, so uncovered drains look very harmless, but actually they are hugely hazardous for uh, for hedgehogs and for other smaller animals as well. Um, and this guy he was quite a big hedgehog, and he literally just got himself completely jammed in space. So getting him out was literally he was actually wedged in so tightly that was the issue. And we did manage to get him out eventually anyway. Um, and cattle grids as well are another. Another huge issue. Um, so anything that's kind of small enough, more than a four-inch square hole, would be small enough for a hedgehog to get through. Um, so if there are any cattle grids around as well, just you need to ideally just put something like a, a plank of wood at an angle, so um, the hedgehog can actually crawl up out of it if they do fall into them. And, and we had a call from I think it's County Offaly there um, a little while ago, and again a hedgehog had fallen into a cattle grid, but it wasn't just the adult hog; a couple of her babies had fallen in with her as well. And now they were all retrieved safely. But um, it's just these little hazards that you know we don't think of. Um, you're, you're just going about your everyday business and you might have an uncovered um, you know an uncovered drain for the, the cattle grids any kind of any hole basically that a hedgehog can fall into they will you know so yes. always provide a safe way for them to get out or keep the holes covered Absolutely great advice yeah. there but very welcome visitors and a great addition yeah. to any garden this winter but if you're worried yeah. do c- c- contact your local wildlife people and get in touch with them if you're concerned at yeah. all yeah, I was going to say the Irish Wildlife Matters um, website is worth yes. having a look at. It is a list of nationwide of um, wildlife friendly vets and your local rehabbers as well. So all the information you need and there's information about the individual species that you might actually come across, including hedgehogs as well. Aideen, you've been a star as usual. Thank you so much for taking our no, call no, today. Listen, thanks very much for talking to me. Not at all. Take care of yourself. Bye, That's sorry, Take, take care. care. See you soon. Bye-bye. That's Aideen McGee there. She's absolutely brilliant from the Kildare Animal Foundation Wildlife Rehabilitation Division we love to talk to her on late lunch we're away for a cup of tea I'll be out tonight to see if Harry's about in the back garden just to make sure and see if I can get more footage anyway we'll see you tomorrow for another late lunch at half one take care The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors Drogheda your local Renault selection dealer with over 250 quality used cars in stock there's always something for everyone at Blackstone Motors check out our used stock online at blackstonemotors.ie Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.